I, I think the biblical worldview is, is is such a huge it's such a huge thing. Like, you know, would I love for my son to be an engineer? Sure, that would be awesome. But I would also love for him to know God and to share to share that with everybody that he meets. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize the, the faith. faith. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast. We're back. We are back. And better than ever. Um, yeah, all right. That remains to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but tonight we do have a very special guest. We're looking forward to this conversation. Um, I mean, literally, Jesse has been chomping at the bit uh, to to have this wonderful guest on, um, and and so tonight we're going to try to unpack and inform um, on one of the topics that we've covered a lot um, with education. But that would be primarily understanding something about homeschooling Ooh. and addressing some of the issues that you may have. Maybe even some of the fears and concerns that you have about homeschooling. And we're going to do that with a guest who is perfectly equipped to handle those situations. And that is one, Nikki Truesdell. And so we're very excited to have you on tonight, Nikki. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It is really our pleasure. Um, we're so excited to talk to you uh, about Anyone Can Homeschool. We're excited to hear your story. Um, but with the fact that many of our listeners may not uh, have as much information about you as, as we have, uh, particularly as uh, Jesse is super excited and has talked about you so much. <laughs> <laughs> like, we've got to get this interview if we're going to do education. <laughs> And I'm like, let's do it. Uh, so maybe if you would uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, this stage of life that you're at now, and maybe a little bit of how you've got there without going too much into the like anyone can homeschool, because obviously okay. we'll ask you about that as well. <laughs> Start with the, the short version. Well, I am married and have five children. Um, three of my children have um, graduated from a lifetime of homeschooling. Um, so my kids have never been to school and I have two children that are still being educated at home. They're 12 and 15. And I'm also a grandmother now. I have one grandson and one grandbaby on the way. So that's kind of a whole, a uh, whole new part of life that is just as fun as they say it is. <laughs> awesome. So I'm also a second generation homeschooler. So I have, um, I just realized I have 40 years of homeschooling behind me now between wow. being a kid in the homeschool movement in the 1980s. And then I have kids that are very spread apart in age. So I've been homeschooling since the year 2000, which is a long time. Yeah. So, uh, but as a kid, I started in 1983. So I have a little bit of experience in almost every part of homeschooling just because of a lot of circumstances I've been through in my life. And that's kind of what I'll talk about tonight and how I came to write the book, Anyone Can Homeschool. Um, but currently, like I said, I'm homeschooling my youngest two children and, um, I spend most of my time being a homemaker and I do also publish out of print history books for my side business. So, um, I knew you'd be interested anyway, in that. That yeah, that's, so that's a whole fantastic. other topic. So that's what I'm up to. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks so much. Uh, again, I am really excited to to have this interview. Um, I homeschool, uh, well, me and my family homeschool, but we're very, very new. And so uh, okay. I, I read your book a few 
months ago. Um, I, I, I've been, I think I've been following your Instagram account for a while, but I was like, I all think, right, you know what? I, she, you, I think you posted about your book. And I'm like, you know what? All right, fine. I'll, I'll do that. Um, <laughs> I'll read it. And I was like, oh my gosh, she really does think that anyone can homeschool. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, she's never met you. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess that anyone is such a broad strip, maybe, maybe after the interview, she'll think twice. Maybe. No, but, I uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so so moving on into kind of kind of this book, I, I wanted to start with kind of a more broad question to kind of lay the foundation of of kind of why why we're why we're talking about this, why you've done all that you've done um, with with the homeschooling stuff. So uh, my question is, do you think that there are any biblical principles that you personally have drawn from? or you personally believe are the foundation as to why you believe that parents uh, would have the um, responsibility to educate their children? I do. Um, there are quite a few scriptures that lead in this direction. And I know a lot of people like to say, well, the word homeschooling is not in the Bible and the Bible doesn't tell us we have to homeschool our children. And that's true. It does not specifically say how we are supposed to educate our children. But the Bible's full of scriptures that teach us principles. And so the principles for raising children are pretty clear. And there are some biblical principles that don't even address children, but I believe they apply to all aspects of our Christian walk. Um, but the one in Deuteronomy chapter 6, it's verses 6 through 9, where God is telling the Israelites to um, remember what he's done for them. But then he goes on to talk about how they should walk with their children, talk to them, teach them his commands and his principles while they walk, while they sit, when they eat, when they lie down, mm. which pretty much describes a whole day that he wanted them to always be with their children and always be instructing them. Yeah. Another scripture um, that we're familiar with in Ephesians 6, I think it's 6-4, it says, Fathers, starts with, saying for fathers not to provoke their children to wrath, but then it continues with bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And mm -hmm. I think that's um, just talking about, you know, teaching them about God, teaching them his principles. And then one more that's kind of become a, a newer theme for me in the last couple of years is first Corinthians three. I think it's verse 19 um, but it's actually repeated several times in First Corinthians, and it says that the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Mm. And I, I apply that to every area of my life, especially when you just look at our secular world and the society that can influence us. Um, and I apply that to education. The wisdom of this world is not working. Mm. And so mm. it's just when you when you kind of pull back from our American school system and everything we've always ever known, and you look at the big picture and you realize the wisdom of this world is foolishness. Yeah. Um, so let's try God's way instead. Let's try God's wisdom. Um, those are just three. There, there are more scriptures, and I think it just is a good idea for parents to look at the Bible as our instruction book and not go searching for things that talk about school or education because you will find very little. But how are we supposed to live and how do we teach our children to live that way? And I believe the home education is um, is one of the best ways to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think <clears throat> Justin and I we've talked about we've talked about the Shema and Deuteronomy. We've talked about mm -hmm. uh, we also go to Ephesians six as well. Um, 
with those passages too. I think the first Corinthians one was a, was a great addition to that repertoire there. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like I was just talking to, uh, to one of my friends who's, um, starting their homeschool journey this year with their, um, daughter. And I'm like, I, I told him, I'm like, look, like we, we've been trying, we've been trying this other way, you know, for generations now. And it's, it's mm-hmm. not working. You know, we, we look at the yep. rates that, that teenagers and junior hires are, are leaving the faith. Uh, first and mm-hmm. foremost, as as a primary concern, um, and it's it's like I think the statistics are like upwards of seventy percent, and it's like like mm-hmm. look, this isn't working. Something needs to radically shift, um, and we need to understand that I think something we're doing something wrong. <laughs> that something's yeah. that something is disordered, and we need to we need to bring it back into uh, order. So that that's a gr- that's a great addition too, um, because there certainly is a lot of folly. <laughs> there is going on. Uh, in the world around us today, but we, I don't, I do not want to get, uh, I do not, I don't want to get sidetracked into all of that because that's just, that, <laughs> that's that, another show. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so like we've mentioned a couple times, you, you, you have written the book, uh, anyone can homeschool. Um, so my question to you would be, do you really believe that? Do you believe that, um, literally anyone, uh, can homeschool? And then also like what drove you to author, um, a, a book with such a with such a bold title. I absolutely do believe anyone can homeschool, and like I said, I've been in homeschooling for forty years, and so I've learned through experience, my experience, also my mom and dad's experience, and um, friends all around me. So, I started telling people this quite a few years ago when I would get a message or a phone call from a single parent or someone with a special needs child, or maybe two parents who are working and they couldn't figure out how to do it. Um, And then especially the parents who just feel like they're not qualified or equipped to teach. And I would say, Oh no, no, anyone can do this. I promise you it's going to be okay. And I would just try to walk them through some different steps to get started. But I kept coming back to those words yeah, anyone can homeschool because I wanted people to understand that it's not about being a teacher. It's about being a parent and you are going to be a full-time parent and you're adding school books to your day. It's not necessarily you turning into a classroom. And so I just kept saying that over and over. Yeah, anyone can homeschool. I do believe it because I've been there and, um, I was always answering questions and my husband said, you should just write a book. And I I laughed. I said, that's funny. That's a great idea. Not really (laughs) intending to do it, but um, that thought stuck with me and it didn't take long before I started actually putting all of my answers into the book that I was constantly typing in emails and private messages to other people. So now the answers are all in print. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and and at, like as I was reading, I, I feel like every chapter was a new. I, I don't want to use the term excuse because I don't want it to sound too derogatory. But there there are lots mm-hmm. of different reasons that people give as to mm-hmm. reasons why they either don't want to or or don't want to try to um, yeah. homeschool. And um, you know, so, some of them seem really rational. You know, like either like I, I'm a single mother, I don't I don't have support. Mm-hmm. Or, or we don't, we don't have the, the time. We're both working parents. You know, we, we can't, we can't do that. Or especially the equipped yeah. one. Cause I, I think that people think that they need some type of education degree to, 
educate their kids. And I, I I try to tell them, especially if they have little ones, like, look, you're educating already, right? Like you're teaching them their ABCs. You're teaching them what, what the rules of your household are. Like you're already doing it. That's, it's a God given role and it's beautiful. And you, you, you've already started. Congratulations. (laughs) You know, now deal with it. Yeah. (laughs) Deal with it. Keep going. Um, so, so I I was, I was so struck with your story because it, it felt like God had um, in his providence just led you through so many ups and downs of life and, and through a lot of the different common, um, reasons. Again, I'll, I'll use that word, um, for, for, it it seems like God gave you lots of different opportunities to quit, I I guess I'll put it that way. So, so what are, what are some of the various life circumstances, um, that you've homeschooled through, um, that, that you talk about maybe in the book um, that, that you might want to share with some of our listeners to, to kind of encourage them like, no, you, you, you can do this. <laughs> yeah, I, I've had quite a few. And I want to back up before me and start with my mom. Um, she had me at the age of 14. So she dropped out of school in the ninth grade and did not go back. And so that's where her education ended. So fast forward a few years, when I was 11 years old, um, she had gotten married and uh, became a Christian. She and my dad were radically saved, and their life was radically changed by God. And part of that radical new lifestyle was to take the kids out of public school and teach them at home. That was my sister and me. And this is a mom who didn't have more than a ninth grade education, but she had the conviction and she had the desire and so nothing else was going to stand in the way. And so that is one of the first circumstances I can tell you. Someone who did not actually have a high school diploma started homeschooling. And um, even back in the 80s, it was possible. There were no co-ops. There was no Internet, you know, but they had some good curriculum. And with the help of a small homeschool community, they did it. And I'm so thankful that they did. I'm so grateful that they paved the way because that allowed me to look at homeschooling with a very positive, um, in a positive light to go, oh yeah, yeah, homeschooling is cool. We're going to do this. And so I grew up um, into an adult and I had no other desire. There was nothing else for my kids. I didn't even have kids yet, but I knew Mm -hmm. that they would always be homeschooled. Um, And so in my first marriage, I was married to Someone who turned out to be quite an abuser, mm-hmm. and um, I had two daughters with that first marriage, and we we went through quite a bit. Um, and one day, I finally decided it was time to leave for our safety. So we literally ran away mm-hmm. and went to live. Um, my parents had started building a, a house for their retirement. It wasn't finished yet, but they said you can stay there. So we went and moved into this unfinished house. Um, I left with. I think I had about $300 to my name. I had my car and we put our stuff in storage and literally started over. So there I was a single mom, all of a sudden broke as could be. I'd been a homemaker since um, my daughters were born. So even though I did have a college degree, I had already decided that my career was going to be raising my kids and I didn't want to put them in school. I didn't want to put the baby in daycare and and put my little six-year-old in school. They'd just been through the trauma of our divorce, and I didn't want new and different things in their life that they'd never experienced before. And so I really felt like for their mental health, it was better for us to stay together. Mm. So uh, 
we did. <laughs> so I worked part-time. I worked multiple jobs. Sometimes uh, we almost had nothing. I lived literally by faith, sometimes day to day, praying that God would provide for our food, provide gas money. Um, it was not an easy time. And I will never forget that life as a single mom. But I also won't forget that we homeschooled anyway. Um, it wasn't a normal looking homeschool by any means, but my daughters were educated at home and they were also uh, protected from the world and they were sheltered and able to grieve and mm. deal with the trauma of divorce. Anyway, so as, as years went on, I was happily remarried, but I have dealt with many things besides, including um, lifelong migraine headaches, which mm. do interrupt your week, yeah. um, bed rest every time I had a baby. So that would interrupt, you know, a couple months of us not doing anything at all. Uh, no budget to buy curriculum, no budget for anything. Sometimes we went through a severe time of poverty <laughs> and came out of it. But um, I tell you what, there was never, never even a moment where I thought, maybe I should put the kids in school and get a job, or maybe I should put the kids in school and just take care of myself. You know, wow. um, you know, I'll feel better if I can just rest more or whatever. That was not an option. My conviction was solid as far as homeschooling. And so I wasn't setting out to write a book, <laughs> but along the way, like you said, I do believe God presented me with opportunities to trust him with this conviction and with this, desire to raise my kids at home and there was not going to be anything besides homeschooling. So those are some of the circumstances. And so I can relate to people that have no money or that have to work or single parents. Um, so many different circumstances. I've already been there. And that's why I say anyone can homeschool because I have been there and done it and I have the t-shirt. <laughs> and that's that, and that's exactly why I knew that as soon as we, Justin pitched the idea of doing a couple of education podcasts that that I wanted to have you on. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's such a really unique perspective, like of of giving your uh, your children the space and opportunity to grieve in a safe place. Um, you know, with without the distraction of of all of these peer relationships and all of the stressors that. Mm -hmm that a that a public or I, I like to call it mass education <laughs> that, that yeah. mass education programs can um can can carry with it and i th that was just such a really interesting perspective cuz you, you know i feel like a lot of people think like the opposite no they need the support they need they need to have people there yeah. they need to but it's like well what's the safest place on earth you know for our kids and if that's not us you know i you're probably doing yeah. something wrong so that was such a such a beautiful such a beautiful picture when I when I first read that in your book I was like oh my gosh that makes a lot <laughs> makes a lot of sense um, it, it really was a beautiful perspective um, so you. so so you've done it all you've you've gone you've started a family you've you've been um, through a divorce you've you've been remarried you've been on bed rest you've and and, and still that resolve has been um, present with you and that's such I think it's such a beautiful mm -hmm. testimony of God's uh, God's work in you as a parent. I just, I just want to say thank you. Cause I, I think that's, I think it's applaudable and, and very admirable. It certainly was very inspiring for me, um, you know, to, to hear that. So thank, thank you. you so much. Um, so, so yeah. So if anyone's listening and, <laughs> and you, you've got your, your pocket list of reasons, um, hopefully by now you've thrown that out. 
but um <laughs> but what one of the questions so that's that's my goal <laughs> <laughs> yes um that that's personally my goal too but i don't know i don't know <laughs> fortunately justin uh i don't know if justin would agree with that but i'll, I'll just i'll just talk without him i'll just keep him <laughs> muted for now um <laughs> so my, my my question my question is this and and i think that i think that the answer will kind of be interesting um you know you mentioned earlier that uh, a homeschooling experience doesn't have to look like a classroom from nine to three. Um, and I, I think that that's something that I had to learn or unlearn, I guess, when we first started um, with me, me and my wife, with our oldest, and, you know, we sat down, we were at the table, we were, we were ready to go. And then her, my, my daughter, my oldest daughter's brain is just very unique. I call it backwards, but I mean unique. Um, <laughs> she, she takes a while to process information and she, mm-hmm. she just is, she, <laughs> there's a lot going on in her mind, but, um, but yeah, so that, that was something that, that we had to really unlearn. So this question is like, what would you say a successful homeschool journey is like, like what is the end goal of, of trying to homeschool with your family? Um, be that from pre-K to, um, to adulthood, like what, what do you think success looks like? I will tell you, I think my answer has changed since I started 23 years ago, because at the beginning I thought. I'm going to raise the smartest kids out there. You know, we're going to show the world that homeschooling is superior and my kids will be smarter than everyone else's kids. And well, that's pride and God's not going to bless that. Right. Um, And so my kids are very normal. They're, they're not setting out to be geniuses. So I've learned a lot. And what I would say now is number one, um, that my children have a biblical worldview, that they have a view towards eternity that they are going to heaven mm. and that until then they are going to influence the world for God. That's, that's number one. And then number two is for them to have a foundation that's strong to give them the tools they need to be a functioning and influential citizen in this world. And there's no telling what that's going to look like for each of my kids. They'll all be different, but I mean, I, I want them to read and write well. I want them to understand how mathematics work. And then I want them to be able to apply that to everything else, you know, to be able to have critical thinking skills and to understand economics and history and science and be able to discuss things intelligently and understand things. I mean, to me, that's what successful homeschooling is. And every, I mean, I have five kids and they're all five different. Mm. So they're, their picture of success is going to look different from each of their siblings. And then from all of my friends who have multiple children, every successful homeschooler is going to look a little bit different, but I think the biblical worldview is the most important thing. And then um, just someone who is well-educated and not necessarily by the world standards. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially as our world standards are declining never further into um <laughs> what is that yes. what, sheol <laughs> the abyss right yes <laughs> the place where no one no one needs to go um <laughs> yeah so that's that's really awesome because i i think that i think that when we have a biblical framework um about education about what that is supposed to be as part of like kind of our our god-given role as a parent i, I think mm-hmm. that what success is kind of changes uh, in, in our hearts and minds. Um, and I, th- I think you touched on that too. I, I think the biblical worldview is, is, is such a huge, is such a huge thing. Like, you know, would I love for my son to be an engineer? Sure. That would be awesome. But I would also love for him to 
know God and to share to share that with everybody that he meets. <laughs> um, I think would be kind of like our our main. Um, so I have a question. Has you're not allowed to answer okay. questions. Ask questions. Sorry. Well then, never mind. Let's just keep, <laughs> we'll just move forward. Yeah. Do. <laughs> um, how has homeschooling been when transitioning maybe to higher education? Has there uh, have have you found that 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 has been a a a good transition? I mean, before we get into like the tools of getting started in homeschooling, I thought that might be an interesting question to. Yeah. So I um I was homeschooled, and then I went on to get a bachelor's degree in business. I had no problem with the transition. Um, I have one daughter who tried going to, to college and she decided that was not the path for her. She did get in, she was accepted and went to a couple of semesters and then she changed her mind, but the transition was, um, easy breezy. Uh, my other kids, I don't know which, what they're going to choose. The, the daughter who's married and has a baby. She is a hundred percent homemaker. She's not planning to go to college. So I don't know what the other ones will do, but I know from my experience and even back, that was 1990 when I uh, graduated from homeschooling and went to college. It's not hard at all. In fact, um, homeschoolers are finding that it's pretty easy to transition because um, in many cases they are preferred over their public school counterparts. Yeah. Well, so. they already have learned how to be a self-motivated learners, and uh, that is not what mass education uh, produces. It does not produce self-motivated learners. And right. also, I only asked that question just out of pure curiosity, only because I don't know that every, certainly, I'm, I'm, gonna not, not, I'm not gonna say this the right way here. I don't think anyone necessarily has to go to higher education at all. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't care, but I know a lot of people, that's one of their concerns. You know, if, if we choose this route, can my kids go to college? And, mm. oh, absolutely, college, military, all of it. It's getting easier and easier all the time for homeschoolers to do everything the same. For me, it was more so, should anyone go to higher education, in which I was, I'm a little tentative at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. If my kids not to, I'm not going to have my feelings hurt. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely not. A- apart from the crippling debt, um, the mass psychosis hysteria that's going on in higher education seems to be yeah. uh, disturbing, to say the least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You just have to be selective, I guess. <laughs> but with, with all of those, with all with all of this, uh, just laying out of biblical construct um, and and unpacking your history. We're, we're one of the things we're, we're looking to do here is, is to help people that might be considering what it looks like uh, after they answer that question, anyone can homeschool, and they say, I am part of the anyone. I am a subset of anyone. <laughs> I'm an anyone. <laughs> <laughs> then then as, as they set off on this journey, and they might be hesitant to actually embark on the, the homeschooling journey, if you will, what are some of the ways that uh, they can move uh, maybe over the summer to sort of transition into homeschooling come this September, this more tra- the more traditional time of, of school starting? Well, that's a really good question. Um, one of the things that I encourage people to do, even if they pull their child out of public school during a school year, you know, in March or September, December, anytime, um, I actually encourage people to de-school and, and that's kind of a mental thing, but it's also practical. And that is to 
try to let go of everything you've ever known about public school. And that's hard to do. It's really hard. Just like you said, when you're homeschooling, you just, you kind of want to recreate everything at the school and do it in your house. And um, that's very normal, very, very normal, because we've all grown up with the American way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I encourage people to kind of try to throw that out. Pretend like you've never heard of the American public school system and decide what how will I educate my children what will I use what do they need to know and you don't have to sit down the summer and write down everything your kid needs to know from now till the 12th grade necessarily but write down some goals like why am I even considering this what what am I going to do what is the reason and how can I um, how can I fix the problem maybe that we're addressing and then have fun with your kids instead mm. of saying, Hey guys, we got to start these school books on September 1st. Here's the new schedule. Um, obviously follow your state laws, but <laughs> be flexible and be a parent and be a family, not necessarily just um, recreate school at home. Do your research, get to know all the different homeschooling styles. Um, look up the curriculum companies. There's so many Um, don't go for a public school curriculum. Don't Mm. necessarily jump at the free online stuff. It's not nearly as high quality as um, these companies that have been doing this for a long time. And they create stuff specifically for moms and dads to teach their little children. There's some awesome curriculum out there. So people really need to get to know those uh, different options out there. And then have fun learning in some different ways, just kind of casually with your kids. I like to recommend a unit study. Um, And if you're not familiar with that, I'll just tell you real simply that it's taking any subject at all and turning it into a lesson, but in a fun way. So if you've got a son that loves dinosaurs, um, start with some books at the library. Or if you're like me, you're going to get your books from Answers in Genesis or someone (laughs) like that on dinosaurs. And then go ahead and let them, um, depending on their age, draw the dinosaur, color the dinosaur, look up names, pronounce the names, copy the names down and and spell them um, and dig into creation and Genesis. And um, just think of all the different rabbit trails that a dinosaur study could give you. You could do the same thing with football or, you know, anything at all, anything your kid is interested in, um, baking pie. Like, just think of all the rabbit trails. That's a unit study. And if you're not sure what to do, Google a unit study because there's a lot of free ones on the Internet that you can download. So that's just like one of the options that I tell people. Just have fun learning and see what all the possibilities are for homeschooling. It kind of makes me think about how we dealt with prayer um, with my starting with each one of my kids, one of the things that we were highly intentional um, about with prayer was starting from the, the earliest conception where they could communicate where we knew what their likes and dislikes were and intentionally making sure that we, we were thankful and grateful to God for the things that they like. So engaging in the conversation, let's thank God for something tonight as we pray. What, what do you want to thank God for? What are things that you like? What are, and and that and that really helped my kids now um, be much more connected to prayer than than I know when I, how I was when I was their age, um, and and so I think that right that idea of a unit study has that similar idea. Start with something that they enjoy, um, yes. and show them that learning at home can be far more um, enjoyable than learning anywhere else. And of course that, that does make sense. So 
I don't know if that was helpful. <laughs> Just it was. That's a great. That's a great comparison. <laughs> um, yeah, you did good, Justin. That, that, was, oh, that was great. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you you kind of mentioned that there are these different homeschooling methods and styles, and and perhaps some people might might be shocked to find out that not everybody homeschools the same way. Um, <laughs> and so so uh, I I was uh, I didn't know if you'd be willing to maybe. Um, kind of dive into some of the different styles or different methods. Um, mm-hmm. Like, so my family uses, we, we use classical conversations. So we're, we're kind of like okay. a classical method, classical Christian mm-hmm. method. And so I, I just didn't know if you wanted to maybe pick a few and, and highlight some of the different methods that might be helpful for people to start looking these types of things up. Cause they might be like homeschooling method. Like, I don't even know, I don't even know what that is. Get to know the lingo. Well, um, the first one I always talk about is the traditional method because it's what we are used to. It's generally what you know from public school. And although I haven't been to public school in a long, long time, um, I know they still are very traditional in their methods, not so much with textbooks anymore, but we all know what a textbook is. And so homeschooling curriculum can also come in the textbook form. And that's what I call traditional. And you can order the whole grade level set, you know, in one box with the teacher guides and everything you need, you know, every workbook for every subject. That's traditional. Um, Another one that's very popular, like you mentioned, is classical education. And it's the way that people have been educated for centuries, actually, Um, very much focused on, um, I would say, it's a higher level of learning. You know, there's a lot of focusing on what's really important, focusing on history chronologically, which I absolutely love. Um, You'll usually find some Latin involved with classical education. Um, It's a very solid method, very solid. Sometimes people are intimidated by it, but there's a lot of great curriculum out there to make it easy to do at home. And so, um, like you said, classical conversations is one of those. It's it's actually kind of a co-op so that you Mm -hmm. don't have to do it alone. Yeah. Um, Another one is Charlotte Mason, or you'll hear it referred to as CM, and it's basically just a philosophy that was written by a lady in the early 1900s who had a school. She wasn't even a mom, but she had a school, and so she was trying to help kids learn in a way that was more natural to kids, which meant uh, stories that are interesting instead of textbooks, Um, nature study by being in nature um, and learning to set good habits and really understanding what they're learning by being able to repeat it back through narration, um, copying things down instead of doing grammar and English workbooks, but using copy work instead to reinforce grammar skills, which that's one of the things that we really love. Um, And then there's relaxed homeschooling. Over the years, that's who I've become, relaxed and eclectic, which eclectic is just kind of a mixture of all of your favorite parts of of all of these and when I say relaxed, I I don't relax my standards, but I relax our schedule mm. and maybe what I require of my kids, even versus what the curriculum will require. So I will use a curriculum, but I still have the final say on what we do in the book, um, whether we're going to take a test or not. Maybe if my child needs to repeat a lesson. Um, so relaxed for me means we school when we want to, but Um, We strive for excellence. Mm -hmm. And then there is unschooling, which um, it's a whole category of its own. 
And in inside unschooling, there are several levels of unschoolers. And so some people see unschooling as 100% child-led. And so their kids are in charge of whatever they want to learn, whenever they want to learn it. And then there are unschoolers who have a little bit of structure, maybe with math lessons, but they let their children delve into all the other things, you know, on their own interest timeline. So unschooling is like its own several methods of, of homeschooling too. Um, so we are kind of a mix of Charlotte Mason textbook, relaxed. Um, the longer you do it, the more you mix it up. That's what I've come to see. Because I started out as traditional textbook, too. We used a Becca um, for the first year, and it did not go over well. And so <laughs> I, that's when I started researching and learning. Oh, there's lots to choose from. Because I was I was raised in the 80s when there were choices. And so I just chose one. Um, but it's changed so much since the 80s. And there's so many more options. I recommend learning these different methods, researching them a little, and then look up the different curriculum styles. Um, and there's a really good book you can look up it and a website, Kathy Duffy, kathyduffyreviews.com. She has um, several books, too, that like 100, I don't know, the best homeschool curriculum or something. Top homeschool picks I think is what it's called. Uh, but what she does, she has a really neat quiz in the beginning of it that kind of has you answer questions to help guide you maybe in the direction that you might want to go. So I think she does that on her website, too. That's a really helpful place to start for people who are brand new and don't even know what direction they want to go. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't know that existed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I think for our family, we're kind of like a mix of like classical and Charlotte Mason kind of. I mean, I feel like classical conversations really tries to integrate, especially with the younger kids, which my oldest is nine. Um, okay. So I, I feel like they really try to mix in a lot of that kind of play learning. Uh, I feel Good. like that's kind of popular with the Charlotte Mason type crowd, too. So yes. I kind of I kind of feel like we're, we're a little bit of a blend there. Um, okay. So far, we're really enjoying it. Um, and it's really just, I, I think like, I think you mentioned it earlier. I forget what question it was under, but just kind of like how each kid is like so different. Like my, my oldest daughter, she learns things very slowly. She processes something and it, it takes her a long time. My oldest son, who's younger than her, he is, he's pretty smart. Like he picks things up really quickly. Yeah. He gets bored really easily and moves on to the next thing. And he, he mm -hmm. can, he can surpass and excel you know, in things farther than her, which kind of frustrates her a little bit, but it's just like, they're, they're so different and, and trying to find that balance almost with each kid. Uh, you know, I, I can't cookie cut, you know, <laughs> I can't take Evelyn's lesson and cookie cut that to Jameson. They, they both learn so uniquely. And, um, just when, when I think of, you know, pl placing them in with 30 or 40 other students in a classroom, just how, how much of their personality gets lost and like and how much of their their learning experience gets lost too um yeah i i found with all five of my kids man i had to learn something new with every kid because <laughs> they would throw something at me that i had not encountered before i have two boys and three girls and they're you know all different stages and uh you know you you probably hear that boys learn slower and girls learn faster or boys learn to read late girls learn to read early in my house, it was the exact opposite. All of my girls read late and all of my boys read early. So hmm. just don't don't put any of your kids in a box and, and just kind of wait and see what's going to happen. Yeah. That is one of the things I was thinking as, you're, as you were kind of talking there. 
which is great because you've you you have a, identified that you know over the past 23 years of doing it yourself and you know 17 years mm-hmm. before that also grow, going through it well, you know, could that, you map whiz hey <laughs> <laughs> i did things <laughs> that that you've come to mix the the different methods that there are yeah. to to blend it into something that works best for you and that was one of the things I kept thinking is that each each of my children learns a different way um, and that the freedom in homeschooling to even use different methods for each child, even on a per, almost a per subject basis, uh, a, mm-hmm. a per a per concept basis is great because if one child learns math one way and one child learns math better the other way, you don't have you're not stuck to any particular method. Um, no, you're not. And it kind of it feels like. Um, that what you're highlighting is that you can really focus on each child and their particular, um, I was going to do Liam Neeson, like the, their particular set of skills that they have, <laughs> um, and really play, <laughs> play and play up to that, uh, which is, which is absolutely, which, which is a really, a really awesome thing. Oh yeah. I wish we had like five hours to discuss all of the cool aspects <laughs> of all of that, because you do, um, you do have the opportunity to tailor every single kid mm. a different curriculum it's not always feasible you know because then you have a crazy you know 10 hour day right. but wherever possible yeah definitely make it personal for each of your kids and just keep the learning the love of learning alive mm. yes and amen <laughs> if we if, i feel i feel like if we can get our kids to love learning like they'll be in such a such a different place than than some of their their public school counterparts where I feel like the love of learning is just <laughs> sapped out of them. Um, but but when, um, when you're looking through these, so we've outlined the, the method, the methodology, just a vast array of methods that are, are capable of being brought into that homeschooling um, arena. When you're looking at the different curriculums and programs and co-ops is there any particular thing that you look for or that you have found to be most beneficial when trying to kind of look at all these different options? Because one of the concerns I now have is someone saying, oh, I think I'll start, I'll start homeschooling. And then you, what you would just, you threw out to everyone that has, you know, FOMO, right? They're all like, oh no, there's, there's too many options. I cannot possibly pick one (laughs) i can't do this what what uh what are some things that you have found to be beneficial or that you look for in these different methods and curriculums let me just tell you even after 23 years i still have fomo because new stuff comes out and i go oh my kids are past that age now we don't get to try it or maybe I should ditch this one I really love and go ahead and try that one anyway. Cause it looks so cool. So that, that never really goes away because the <laughs> options are so unlimited. That's how they get you. But <laughs> what I look for, first of all, absolutely first is, is it written from a biblical worldview if possible? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the math curriculum isn't necessarily going to be written from a biblical worldview. Um, math however, is always from a biblical worldview because God yes. made math. <laughs> that's and why it the, works. <laughs> Exactly. That's, that's my point. Mm. Math, I wrote it down some here on my notes, but um, I mean, math is from God. Amen. Now they can put Bible verses in your math book or whatever, but um, I want to know that whoever's writing this curriculum has the same beliefs that I do, very core beliefs, because I, 
I, I mean, you guys know that matters. Mm-hmm. It absolutely matters. And, th- and that's one of the greatest reasons to homeschool is to give your kids a completely different education, not just pull them out of a bullying situation or, you know, not let them be taught by liberals, but it's a totally different education if you embrace that. And so I always look for um, quality curriculum that's written, not just Christian people, but with a biblical worldview, like a very strong biblical worldview in science and history, but even understanding why language arts are so important and how to use them effectively for God, you know, in this world. And, um, and understanding that math does come from God, that he designed all the patterns in the universe. And so I'd rather have my math teacher teaching my kids that than the actual woke math curriculum that you can find now and that they use in many public schools. So that's my first one. And then after that, I just want to find um, something that fits my budget. And that also fits my style. You know, I said, we're, re- we're relaxed. Um, we school year round, which just means we never have a school year. We just keep going whenever. <laughs> so <clears throat> we had school today. We had about four hours straight today, even though it's Saturday, um, because that's how we roll, because we didn't on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday this week. So um, our schedule is our schedule and nobody else's and we do what works for us. So I want to have something that's flexible and most homeschool curriculum is if you're in an online program though, where you have to be logged in at certain times, that's not going to work. So, you know, that would not work for us. Um, and then I want quality. I want high quality. You can get free stuff and you can get quality stuff. Sometimes they're not the same. Hmm. And so I've been where I needed the free stuff as, as we talked about in my book. Um, but it's worth it. It's worth the money if you have it to look for quality. And I don't mean spending thousands of dollars a year, but, um, quality materials that teach your kids to love what they're learning that really dig in deep and teach them to, to appreciate good language, to appreciate history and understand God's world and all of those things. Yeah, well, it's going to be it's going to be really hard. We live in New Jersey, and I think the average um, cost per student per year is t- like uh, over twenty six thousand dollars. So, no the matter no matter how much money you want to throw at it, you're still not throwing as much as the state. Texas, we thought we were bad. It's the wow. re- it's the reported cost. Now, what you need to know about New Jersey yes. is about twenty one thousand five hundred of those dollars is just going into politicians pockets yeah I'm <laughs> and sure then they that. spend the other five hundred dollars per student on you know air conditioning yeah. uh, i know they spend like so much and for what what what's the outcome right. it's never good they, they, they get rich that's pretty much it. they don't yeah. give the teachers it's anything they working. give the union reps stuff and they take it themselves and I despise them. Um, (laughs) Not the only one. (laughs) Um, I feel like we kind of talked a little bit about about finding a good homeschooling rhythm, like with with some of the kind of triage questions for for curriculum, for methods and styles. So I I I kind of I threw I'm I'm throwing a curveball at you here. Uh, I didn't I didn't send you this question earlier, but I just thought about it as as we were talking. So here here here's this thing. So say say this is under our section getting started right so say say you finally convince somebody to to say all right look i'm going to start looking into this stuff we're going to make we're going to make a switch it's going to be hard but we're going to do it 
So here's the here's the biggest thing, and it, it was a big it was a big problem for for me and my family. How how does how do you th- <laughs> how do you think someone should should come out as a homeschooling family <laughs> to the in laws <laughs> to the <laughs> to the in laws to the parents? How, how do you tell them? How do you get them to understand? <laughs> well, um, just be confident in your decision, you know, and say this is what God has convicted us to do, and there is no other way for us. Welcome aboard. Um, I know it's hard because some families do have that struggle that they're going to get a lot of pushback or criticism. I hate that so much because they're your kids to raise no matter what. And you actually are making a very wise and solid choice to choose homeschooling. It's not abuse. And if only more people could understand that, they'd be supportive. But I think that that um, lack of support comes from not understanding what homeschooling is just a lot of the stuff we've talked about tonight is probably not what most people know Hmm. homeschooling is like you do set your own schedule you buy whatever curriculum you want you know there's a couple of states that are pretty strict but for the most part all americans can homeschool very flexibly however they want and they get to teach their kids about god all along the way Hmm. and so you're probably not going to please everyone and you don't have to. That's, that's my opinion. Just yeah. be bold with your choices and judging by what I've seen a little bit from y'all, I think you're bold. So <laughs> we try to be, <laughs> that's what I recommend boldness. Yeah. I think, Sometimes. I think we finally, I think I've finally gotten my mom over that hump. I think she's finally like, Good. Oh my gosh, this is, this is, this is fine. Cause at first it was, well, what about socialization? Yeah, you know how, how are they? You know, like that's like, that type of thing. The S word. Now, I'm now, like, Nikki, there's important things to note, and that is <laughs> Jesse's weird, and <laughs> uh, and you know, there's just a, there's a concerns, <laughs> but <laughs> no, there really was. A, I don't know. I don't know why you looked at me when you said that. Like I didn't have any. I wasn't like upset about it or anything. I was like, go knock yourself out. I mean, as long as we, here's how we started. Like we started this whole like deal with uh, this whole podcast with uh, I, talking about how corrupt the New Jersey uh, health education was becoming and how they were mm-hmm. promoting mm-hmm. sodomy and yeah. um, fellatio to uh, mm-hmm. kids starting at the age of 12. And it was like, you know what? Yeah, uh, we gotta <laughs> we're gonna have to pause this because this is just inappropriate for for, yeah. for anyone. Um, and so we've been we've been following this a lot now. My uh, we always uh, outline uh, that we don't inherently. Um, that's not true. Jesse sometimes does. does. <laughs> I was about to say. I feel like my line is a bit harder. <laughs> we don't inherently like judge anyone in sin for any of their education choices that's not our role um but what we what we are emphatic on is that every parent uh is an educator always that is their Mm -hmm. role by god as as uh having been given stewardship of god's children you are to Mm -hmm. nurt you are to raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the lord Um, and so since we can identify that very clearly um we have said that each particular option of school requires different things in a more intensive way than than maybe the other uh, because no matter That's what true. you're called to sacrifice for your kids um, and I'm just throwing this out there that I know this is this is we are laser focused in on homeschooling here um, which is a wonderful and glorifying 
um, dare we say, biblical option <laughs> to, 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 to educate your kids. I will say kids. it, yes. <laughs> um, but, but we're not trying to heap shame upon you if, if this is not where you're at. But don't forget right. that you don't you, you have more uh, commitments in other ways to get there. You cannot possibly, uh, if you're not going to be with your child, you have to be at mm-hmm. every board meeting. You have to know what every piece of paper coming yeah. home is. You have to know those teachers. You have to know what those teachers like, dislike. Mm-hmm. You have to know every, and that, that level, that there's a time commitment there already. Like, you, you're yeah. not now you're not educating your child, but you're you're now having to invest that time as a as a special investigator. <laughs> and uh, and that's yeah. so you, you haven't really gained the time. You've just you're just now investing it in a different way. Right. Um, and similarly, and good. That's what I always think about the parents that say, we, well, we're going to stay involved. We're going to all the school, school board meetings. We're going to fight. And I think, OK, so you go to your monthly school board meetings and you and you have two or three minutes to say something. And sometimes they're going to cut you off like they do here, but every single day, your kid is still in that system every single day, seven or eight hours a day while you're devoting one month, you know, one meeting a month to arguing it with the school board for three or four minutes. That's not effective. Mm -hmm. They're still raising your kid while you're trying to do the fight. And I applaud going to school board meetings and speaking up, but I recommend take your kid out and go to the school board meetings and fight for the other kids mm. instead. I like Nikki a lot. I recommend taking. <laughs> I, I mean, I recommend going to the school board kids not not just to fight for the other kids, but to destroy the public education system. But nonetheless, <laughs> I agree. Metaphorically, in Minecraft, in, in, in Minecraft, Minecraft. <laughs> um, <laughs> we got to transition to the big picture somehow. Oh my gosh, we could uh, talk to her for forever. Yeah, no. One of the things. <laughs> This is the, now this big picture question just came out of something you had just said. You mentioned um, that that and this is true. Some of the one of the reasons that people are pulling their kids out of public education and considering homeschooling are not inherently the biblical reasons you've outlined. The mm-hmm. obvious, clear yeah. command by God to raise children up uh, from to, by their parents uh, in in their education, and that is a holistic right uh, yes. view of the child. That paideia of, of, of education. All right. So you've mentioned that. So, nice. But then you said the not to be taught by liberals, right? That is a reason that they've highlighted. They just don't want their kids taught by these radical, sexually mm-hmm. progressive nut jobs with blue hair. And we, don't, we have no idea what's going on. Um, right. Is there a way that we can be utilizing homeschooling in, in order to uh, leverage the gospel suddenly? To our kids or to, to, to the these people that are now for some, they identify my kids can't go here because that's insane. And they're mm-hmm. pulling their kids out to homeschool them. Is oh, there a way, okay, to, is there a way yeah. to leverage the gospel in that? Because it mm-hmm. feels like it, it feels like it should be. I believe so, because what you basically are going to get back to is biblical principles. I mean, if even a secular person says, well, I just don't want these you know, like you said, the blue haired liberals teaching my kids, that's a great time to ask a question. So what is it about this blue haired liberal that you don't want them teaching your child? Why do you not want them teaching that? Why do you believe that's wrong? Do you know that comes from scripture that, you know, it goes all the way back to God's laws that, you know, a man and a woman were created in God's image and that man marries a woman and nothing else, you know, I think it's a great way to just point them back to scripture and say there, there is a standard and it comes from God. And that's why we are doing this 
why don't you join us this way? And, and yes, that's a great opportunity to preach the gospel. Hmm. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I've been seeing this. <laughs> I mean, I, I see this. I see pulling your kids out of the public school system. Uh, one of the things I love about me and Jesse is we both have a wide range of resources we're trying to pull people to. And they're like, mm-hmm. man, the public education system is really bad. And we're both like, yeah, hey, we have some ideas for you uh, because yeah. we want to pull them into a conversation and then be like, and the reason the public school system is so bad is because it hates God. That's why yes, it's so bad. Exactly. Come love God. Come yep. come love the Lord who wants to save you from sin and death. Um, and I think I think it's fabulous. Um, there's a, uh, a push here in Texas right now and it sounds so nice on the surface, but it really just misses the big picture. And they're trying to put the 10 commandments back in all the schools all, or all government buildings, but I think it's the public schools, but that's not really going to change education. And, um, because anybody that's studied education in America knows that public education beginning in the 20th century is godless. It's inherently godless and hanging the 10 commandments on the wall in a hallway is not going to change what those teachers are teaching in the classroom because the government said teach this so yeah it's absolutely a godless system and i feel bad for any kid that stays there wouldn't it be shocking for (laughs) just for if our 2023 culture went back to public education in say Let's say the, let's say the end of the 18th century, beginning oh. of the 19th century, and for them to just sit there and and realize that if it wasn't directly direct quotations of the scripture, it was some form of a story that was, was even worse than what the scripture was trying to outline in morality. <laughs> Wouldn't it be yes. insane? They would their faces would melt right off. If they yes. were to see well, the, the what it was. The thing is they know it and they hate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. That's uh, that's another show, too. But, yeah, that's how we got. <laughs> I would love to have that. That's how we got this country because we started out really well. <laughs> I would love to go, over, go. I would love to go over the old deluder Satan act with you if you ever, you know, like. One, That'd be if, great. I, I'd love to devote a whole episode to that. That'd be super fun. <laughs> All right. So oh, we have right. to have Nikki on again. All right. Sorry. All right. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> History nerding out. Stop I'm, learning about. I'm glad that you're enjoying this conversation, though. It, it, it validates me. <laughs> if we were to ask you this point blank, just your natural reaction, do you think public education is a viable option for Christian parents in 2023? Um, no. <laughs> All right. That I'm not embarrassed to say why. that. <laughs> why um, do you say why? that? Well, as we stated earlier, it is a godless system. Um, a lot of the reasons that I see people using to keep their kids in public school, one of the main reasons is salt and light. Uh, my kid is going to be a missionary to the other kids. and um, Just like Paul you know, said to do. Yeah, and your children, right. Um, as Israel Wayne said, if it was going to work, it would already have worked. Mm. But our kids are not changing the world in the public school system. Um if your kid loves Jesus and goes to public school, I'm glad your kid loves Jesus. There's a whole lot more to this life in 2023, though, because um, it's a different world than even the one I grew up in. It's not enough to be a Christian. You have to know why you're a Christian. You have to know your scriptures. You have to understand what the world thinks and be able to counter those beliefs. Um, 
I'm going through the book Mama Bear Apologetics with some friends right now. And we're talking about how important it is because 20 years ago, you didn't have people attacking Christianity mm. or Genesis or marriage, not on any level like it is now. And and a Christian needs to not just go to church and love Jesus, but be able to give an answer for what they believe. And kids, kids are not qualified to do that yet. I mean, you can teach them some apologetics, but what they're getting hit with in the public school is is anti-God, it's anti-family, it's anti-capitalism, it's anti-everything that we How stand for. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and so, yeah, I have to say, no, it's not a viable option for Christians because whatever you can teach them, the public school is spending multiple more hours per day teaching the exact opposite. Mm. And so it's not enough that your child loves Jesus if they're at public school. And and I know that makes people very angry when I say it, but it is the truth. And I can only say it because I've had so many parents contact me saying, we made a mistake. We should never have let our Christian kid go to public school. Um, it gets worse in middle school and high school, but they're starting in kindergarten now. So I would not send my child there and say they're going to be a missionary because they haven't been trained. They're not soldiers. They're not. They're not ready yet. I mean, one of the things. I mean, I, how I, many parents are ready to argue? Right. How mm. many parents can even argue? That's correct. Um, real yeah. issues today, and they're saying that their kids can. No, when you have when you have uh, wolves in sheep's clothing in the pulpit, there's no reason why you just have a bunch of fat, lazy sheep. <laughs> fat, lazy sheep are easy to catch and eat by wolves. Exactly. So, um, yeah. I mean, I've often said that I am less afraid of putting my daughter um, into the public education system as she moves towards high school because I've not met someone as uniquely wired as her with the gospel, with apologetics. And at the same time, I look at someone and say, but why would I do that? Like, yeah. why would I do that? Why would I not let her continue to leverage this amazing faith um, mm -hmm. and this ever deepening reasonable uh, answers that she's developing? Why wouldn't I let her continue to mm -hmm. develop those things? So that when she, as yeah. she's moving towards that adult stage and she moves into actually conversing with adults, they can have an adult conversation where she is seeking to reason with them instead of instead high school. Instead of a little kid thinking, I don't even know if I'm supposed to talk back to my teacher, you know? Right, right, exactly. It's not even fair. There's a clear uh, hegemony issue there in the public school system yes. as well. Well, um, it's like a greenhouse, you know, we don't put our little baby plants outside until they've been hardened. You know, right. if you've ever started seedlings indoors, you have to keep them indoors and gradually let them have a little bit of fresh air every day, gradually. And, and you put them in the greenhouse if, this, if the wind is too high or the sun is too hot. And, oh my gosh, don't ever put your pets out in the wintertime or the animal rights people will come after you. But the same people say, send your kids out there and just sink or swim. Mm. So yep. we're we're supposed to treat our pets better than we treat our own children. <laughs> well, that I also did. is a whole other podcast topic. <laughs> I, I did have a lady this week tell me that they were. <laughs> this is what you bring it up. It's just like I've seen the bumper sticker, right? That I'm a you know I'm a greyhound father. I'm a you know whatever yeah. pet. I literally had someone say Happy Father's Day to you, and I said, Well, you know, I hope you guys, you know, if, if you're able to share in, you know, whatever fathers in your lives, I hope they have a Happy Father's Day. You know, I and she shared she doesn't have any fathers in her life. Well, I mean, but her husband did have two children previously, so I'm like, Well, then, 
makes him a father, but nonetheless. And but we do, but we did get a puppy. And I said, I just started. I said, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Let's not. Let's not compare your dog to my children. Let's not do that. Right. And immediately, oh I see the spinning of the wheels trying to switch gears. Um, and, and it did. And it amicably. I have. I'm so. I have wonderful people that have received my weirdness well at this point by now where I work. But nonetheless, yes, <laughs> let's not do that. Dogs you know, are not people and cats cannot be your children. You, so. know, you know what? I just I just realized this today. I'm sorry. This is a complete tangent. But <laughs> this my, is our life. Nick. But this is it. <laughs> so we were watching Boss Baby today. Oh, no. And and so the, the whole thing with Boss Baby, right, is that there's this company that makes the babies for the parents and but the the problem was is that the the dog company was making dogs cuter than babies so people were shifting away from babies into dogs and i'm like oh my god they've hit this square on the nose that <laughs> 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 truly is exactly what's happening. happening so now i have to rewatch it and really analyze all of the themes of the movie but okay but, <laughs> but i was like oh my gosh that's that, that's real but anyway i wow. digress <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> so well, one thing that we definitely wanted to talk about, and I know that we're running low on time, so don't feel like you have to rush or anything, but I do, <laughs> I, I have seen you, I have seen you kind of speak against, or at least I think I have, and you can co- feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but I feel like I have seen you post against things like, um, like the voucher programs that a lot, a lot, some conservative states are doing where, where the money follows the parent or, or, or some form of it. There's probably several different iterations of it. Um, do you, do you see any dangers? Like what are the dangers that you see from programs like that? Or, 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 or do you think that those are beneficial for pam- families to, to take part in, to, to help ease the pain of, of removing themselves from the public edu- education sphere? Um, I do not believe they are beneficial at all to homeschoolers or especially to homeschool freedom. Um, because now I'm coming from Texas where we have really great laws here for school. Um in Texas, we're considered private schools if we homeschool, and private schools have no regulation under state law. So basically, we do what we want. Um, so I do speak from that vantage point, but I know many, many states are similar in the United States. Um, but even the ones that have more strict homeschool laws, we don't want to make them worse. And when you get state money involved in private education, it becomes state education. Um, that's just the simplest way to put it. And if you've taken your kids out of state education, you don't want to put them back in, even if it means they're at your house. Um, and that's basically what it is, whether it's called school choice, uh, parent empowerment, money follows the child, education savings accounts. It's got a lot of names now because they have to keep rewording it to make it sound cool and awesome. But they're all the same. It's basically a voucher, even if a politician says, no, it's not a voucher. It is a voucher. If the state's giving you money, uh, you don't want it. Trust me, because what they're going to do is get a further foothold into your living room or your kitchen, wherever you homeschool, where before you're private. Uh, Once you take that state money for your children's education, then they're going to start regulating how you can educate your child at home. And a lot of people think, oh, that's okay, because they've come out of public education and they're already used to that. You know, they they don't understand that this is so different. Homeschooling is so different. 
And in many good ways, we don't want to be like the public school anymore. We want to be different. We want to be private. Um, and so some people say, well, you don't have to take the money. You know, I'll take it, but you don't have to if you're against it. Um, what people really need to understand is that all homeschoolers are judged the same. Uh, and if you don't homeschool, you probably judge all homeschoolers the same. Uh, take the shiny, happy people documentary on Amazon right now and tell me that not all homeschoolers are viewed like the Duggars in some way. Um, because of, I don't know if y'all have watched that yet, but basically they're, the documentary creators are lumping all Christians and all homeschoolers into this one category, which we all know is not the same. No. But uh, homeschoolers are lumped into a category. We're all backwards. We're all unsocialized. You know, we're all uneducated, whatever. So if homeschooler A decides to take the funds from the state, homeschooler B doesn't. But homeschooler A uh, is not reporting well in their test scores or whatever it is that the state is going to come check on because they will. They have to have oversight. Um, if this homeschooler that took the money does not perform well or is letting the ball go on some things, all schoolers will be judged according to that family. That's that's the long game. It's not going to happen next week. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's already happened. It was either in West Virginia or Utah um, where they passed a law that said, oh, we're only going to look at the people that are taking the money. And it didn't take long within a year or two that they were already saying, Okay, all homeschoolers are going to be judged the same way. Whether you take the state money or whether you don't, we're all going to lump you in the same category. That was an official state law that they were trying to pass. I think the homeschoolers defeated it. But my point is, they will try it. And in some places, they will succeed. So keep the government out of homeschooling. Do it privately. Be independent. Don't be needy. Um, find a way. There's so many ways. And that's what one of, one of the things I talk about in my book over and over and over is money how to work, how to work part-time, how to homeschool anyway, how to afford it, all of that stuff. It is not impossible. So I have two thoughts as the more, okay. uh, what will I call myself, more policy-inclinated of the two of us. Mm -hmm. Does that sound accurate? I, I like a good policy. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Do you know much public policy? <laughs> Me? Yeah. What do you mean? We talk about the same things on this show all the time. <laughs> I spent a lot more time consuming public policy data than you. You. Jerk. That's true. You, you oh, sit right in a then. truck all day with an earbud in. Like anyway, I have two. Some of us have, have lives. <laughs> I have two two questions. Okay. Um, one of the things which now right off the bat, you're right. Wherever the money goes, um, regulation then tends to follow. That's just a natural inclination mm -hmm. of where the money goes. From your perspective, it seems the concern, first off, is going to be that there will be a um, a measurement of standard then applied across the board to homeschoolers. Now, here's mm -hmm. here's my question: um, If this is and this is just a question, mm -hmm. if that policy of measurement was um, equivalent across the board for education. Would that make a difference in receiving the funds? And what I mean is, if that measurement um, was given to homeschoolers and and public school students alike, would it then uh, alleviate some of the tension? I.e., if homeschoolers are um, 
being able are, are assessed with public schoolers in some sort of similar standard at the end of their education to show that they are at least proficient in minimal standards of XYZ, is that an acceptable measurement? Well, before you said at the end of their education, I would have said, no, it's not acceptable because um, whether people want to believe it or not, there is such a thing still as common core. Everybody is on a standard timeline in all public schools. There may be slight differences between states, but everybody learns certain things at certain grade levels all across the country. In homeschooling, we don't have to do it that way. And that's one of the great things about our freedom that we don't have to do it that way. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't do learn things on the same timeline, then then our kids are not going to test the same as a public school kid. Right. You know, um, not to say that we don't teach our kids all the same things, but I don't care what grade they learn certain things in as long as they're always progressing. Right. Um, so I would not want my kids held to a public school standard uh, at the end of 12th grade. Absolutely. I don't care, but I don't think that they're going to do it that way. So, right. I'm um, just looking for ways. I'm just looking for. So here's my, my balance. My balance as a person who hates the government having their hands on money um, and balancing the person who knows that regulation follows the money is to find a regular is to find a way to regulate that money in a way that gets it out of the government's hands and into my hands as soon as possible Mm -hmm. because the government sucks at having my money and also Mm -hmm. to make sure that the regulation that would then follow that is something that i can actually live inside of in a way that allows me to glorify god so if by the end of 12th grade there was a measurement to say that this child is has been educated proficiently at xyz and that is the same standard that they're holding kids that are being poorly educated inside of public education or mass education. Mm-hmm. I think that would be at least one way in which I could see it working. And there's another way that I had a thought of, and I don't know about your perspective on this. Okay. Um, if they gave, if for those children that are homeschooled, they have this, whatever the limit is, because in every state it's different. I think Arizona just passed mm-hmm. something that recently goes up to $8,200, which by mm-hmm. the way, just so we're all on the same page, is a fraction of what they're spending on the child inside of the state. Maybe at the most 40% probably to 50% of what they're spending per child. So they're still keeping a great deal of it, everyone. Don't Mm -hmm. get too excited. (laughs) But nonetheless, that is a chunk of change for each family. If there was a way to say, hey, you're a homeschool parent. All right, you are keeping us from spending this on this child. So we have this surplus. You have up to fill in the blank of which you are allowed to claim um, tax vouch stat, no, tax refunds in, right? Like you have mm-hmm. um, here's here's up to ten thousand dollars in refunds for school related expenses, and that could be you know your gas and tickets to a certain museum. That could be right. So we have a, a broad range of things we could put into that. Would that be another way in which they could actually give back to you the tax money you're spending that you are not using in any way that they're just stealing from you and um, giving to other people? Well, in Texas, we don't file state income taxes. So it would have for us that would have to come from the federal government, which I absolutely don't want them to get their hands in. Now, I know other states you know, have a state income tax. You don't so have that income tax be... in Texas? Wait a second, wait a second. You don't have income tax in Texas? Not a state income tax. I thought you had. Man, I'll just add you to the list. 
I have a list yeah. of states that don't have income tax, and now I, I didn't know Texas was one yeah. of them. I thought they had a small income tax, but I. I we have not. horrendous property taxes, though. <laughs> well, they every state gets you. <laughs> Honey, don't live in New Jersey, where you have a state income tax. So oh, I'm not going to. You have, in, you have income tax, you have a horrendous property tax, and you have VAT taxes, value-added taxes. You have all yeah. three taxes in New Jersey. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You, I, most awful, states have yeah. two. You, you, you'll get two at the most. Some states only have one. Maybe you just have value-added taxes, and you don't have property or or state. But most states have property and, and VAT, value-added taxes. But, okay. But very few states have all three <laughs> where they're taking your, nice. your, your <laughs> income, property, and value-added taxes. And I'm like, why do I? Why? But we all complain about New Jersey. It's so that Governor Murphy can buy a $15,000 rug for his government, Governor Mansion. We just keep saying God has called us to minister here, Nikki, and that is why. (laughs) We're here for the ministry, not for the Strangers in a strange land. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Amen. Um, I I don't know. Did we just. I think we could. I think we could start wrapping up. We got to wrap it up. I think we got to. All right. So this is probably the greatest way to uh, wrap it up. This is your you're trapped on an elevator, right? You're trapped on an elevator with okay. uh, uh, obviously a, a parent, okay, a parent with children of that they're they're educating, all right, that that they're in charge of their education. Mm-hmm. If you had one minute, right, on this journey on the elevator to convince them to switch to home education, what would you? What would be your pitch? What would you say? Well, I would say if you could imagine a completely different childhood for your children. They start the day with a good night's sleep. They have a family breakfast, probably healthier food. And then they get to have the childhood that you always wanted for them. They might start the morning with Bible study, with music and singing, family time, perhaps outdoor play. And then they get to have a custom education that you chose with a biblical worldview where math is God's design. History is taught from all perspectives, including church history, ancient and biblical history together. They learned the difference between capitalism and communism. They learn about all races and all cultures equally. In science, they learn that God created the world and that everything he created is good and has a purpose. Imagine, if you could, that homeschooling is not about parents becoming school teachers. It's about taking children out of government-run institutions and giving them a childhood and an education tailored to their needs. That is homeschooling. Oh, that was pretty good. That was wonderful. I think. I think. I wish we had recorded this to, to to share this to posterity. You no, haven't been recording this this no, whole I'm time. Just been recording. Okay, good, because I was going to fire you right here on the spot. <laughs> How will I ever live with the income loss? Well, since you don't get paid, I'll just have to kill you. <laughs> Oh in, Minecraft, in Minecraft, in Minecraft, in Minecraft. <laughs> oh my gosh, Nikki, this was an absolute, uh, an absolute joy and a pleasure. We are so grateful uh, for you to share this. How can, um, how can people connect with you and find you? Given that they may have questions now, um, uh, uh, maybe more questions that they're like, well, I definitely don't trust these Gruber guys to answer these questions. But this, <laughs> but Nikki Tristel sounds like she might know some things. How can they, how can they get a hold of you? Well, my website is my name, NikkiTruesdale.com, 
And actually, if you go to the menu there, there is a Homeschool 101 page, and I have a lot of blog posts. I've been blogging since um, 2009, so I've got quite a bit of information there. And That's 14 that years of is- blogs. 14 Thank years you. of blogs. Wow, you are so yes. so quick with these computations. I am not a numbers person. <laughs> Um, so I tried to make a page with everything in the order that I think new homeschoolers might um, ask questions. So awesome. go to that page. I'm also on Facebook, Nikki Truesdale. I think it's Nikki Truesdale blog and then Instagram and I'm on Twitter. Um, so I'm, I'm post daily on all my social media, but you can definitely contact me through Facebook or Instagram messenger. And I also, like I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, uh, my side hobby is reprinting old history books that went out of print and that I think are valuable enough for us to read again today because the Internet is not history anymore and uh, we need the printed word on paper. And I believe in home libraries and preserving history in print. So that is called Knowledge Keepers Bookstore. And that has a separate website, knowledgekeepersbookstore.com. And uh, that also has its own Instagram and Facebook page. So those are all the ways to find me. And sometimes I speak. Um, I have kind of canceled a couple of things this year because of family responsibilities. But I speak locally around Texas and Oklahoma and um, uh, regularly write for Expository Parenting Ministries and also for the Learning Well Journal magazine. Awesome. I think that covers it. I, I love all of those pages. I follow all of those pages. I didn't know all of that. And now I have somewhere to spend all of my money this summer to buy books that will be added to the stack of things that That's I have to right. read. <laughs> yes, I do want to say I have a, I, I may have a book. So I have so many questions about this. We'll go. We'll, we'll, we, we cannot possibly keep these people any longer. Um, this has been an absolute joy. We are so thankful uh, for this opportunity. I just want to, I just want to clarify. Could you spell... Nikki Truesdale.com, not the dot com yeah. part, but just your name. <laughs> N-I-C-K-I-T-R-U-E-S-D-E-L-L. There you go. Add a dot com and you will be brought to Nikki Truesdale.com. And you can get connected that's to all those resources. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Awesome. And that's also how you can find her on IG and Facebook. And you know, also if you just go to the website, you can probably click the little buttons at the bottom and find all those things too. So get that's to right. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get to it, everybody. Um, and that brings us to the end of this awesome episode. We are so thankful to have had you on Nikki Truesdale. It was absolutely wonderful. I'm using your full name now because I it feel was like, fun. Thank you. I feel like every time I use it now, it's a plug for your website. All right. Um, but this has been absolutely awesome. And, it is. Uh, <laughs> perfect. Uh, at the end of every episode, we, every at the end of every episode, we like to encourage you, dear Christian, to seize the faith. <laughs>